0: On. For those of you who don't believe in Jesus, you don't come to New Birth, welcome home. If you come to New Birth, you already know, take your notes out, get your phones out, get your journals out, however you take notes. Uh, man, tonight we got a lot of notes. I got a lot of notes. I even got a picture. It's going to be a bunch of fun. And, and my, my, my desire tonight, can I tell you my desire My desire is that the church in here, people who say they're Christian, they believe in Jesus, I want to encourage you tonight that God wants you to surrender completely. He wants you to surrender fully. So for you, tonight's message is going to sound like a call to action. Can I get an amen? It's gonna sound like a call to, to, to make some changes in your life, to make some rearrangements in the way you walk, talk, act, breathe, I mean, I mean everything. So if you believe in Jesus, that's for you. If you don't believe in Jesus, um, tonight, what surrender's gonna look like for you is surrendering your life and your mind and your heart to God. It's saying, God, I, I wanna be a follower of Jesus. I'm ready to take this next step and, and, and say yes to Jesus and make that prayer. If you've made that prayer, if you've said yes to Jesus, if, you, if you've made that prayer in your, in your mind, in your heart, can you, can you wave at me one time? If anybody made that prayer come, most of it, come, oh, come on somebody, make some noise. Amen. Dope. So that's what surrender is going to look like for all of our friends tonight. You guys ready for the word? We're in a series called Over My Dead Body. By the way, Pastor Dennis just ripped the roof last Tuesday night. What's really cool is on our podcast, we're trying to get the, po- uh, the messages up literally like the same week. Um, so we're able to hear the messages whenever we're not here. It's pretty cool. Dennis ripped it. And he actually uh, kind of, he joined in. So he preached two weeks. I'm, this is my second week preaching the series. Has this series, cause here's the thing. Like, so like we put these things together and we pray and like, we hope it hits right there in the middle, right? Like this, God, we believe this is where you want us to go. We believe this is what you're speaking we're focused and we're zoning in and we shoot for the middle. Um, and, and sometimes it's like, man, I wonder, did it hit, like, did it really hit? Like, not hit you to hurt you, but hit you to grow you. Like, is God, is that really the word of God? So, I wanna hear some, some, some feedback. If this sermon series has been a blessing to you, can you make some noise in the count of three? Ready, one, two, three. Come on, has it been hitting home? Come on, somebody. Somebody say, over. I need everybody say over Over. my dead dead. body. Body. Tonight's message, I watched the video and um, in the video there's a girl, she's in one of those big pools where there's like multiple platforms for you to dive in and she goes a little bit to the top and she's like freaking out. Should uh, Should I hold the mic somewhere else? Oh no, you good? How you doing Gibby? Oh, this is a video. Um, there's a girl. Everyone the pod- so, so when you do that stuff on the podcast, you're like, what's going on? Because I don't even see anything. Sorry, guys. So she's on the top platform, and she jumps off. But here's the thing. Before she jumps off the platform into like this 50-foot pool, she like... I don't know if you've seen the video. She like second guesses it. So she takes two steps. She second guesses it. She slips. You can lower the mic a little bit. She slips. She hits the railing and she tries to, like, hold on for dear life and then falls and she's, like, twirling in the air and then back, back flop on the water. And here's the thing. Like, if you just jump normal, it'll be all right. I mean, one of my favorite things to do when I go out to the, the pool is the pencil. You guys seen the pencil? As soon as you jump up and you literally put your arms together, point your toes, and just go in as deeply and just you cut the water, man. It's amazing. If you've never done that, go on a diving board before the backflips and all that fun stuff. Just just throw a pencil in there. You know what I mean? So it's very simple. Like when you jump off that platform, you're supposed to just go down. But her hesitation caused her more pain. She should have just jumped. Like just go. Let's go all in. But because she actually like second-guessed it, because she didn't surrender fully, she was hurt in the process. And, this, and here's my title of the message tonight. There is peace and surrender. That's the, that's the premise of tonight. There's peace and surrender. I think a lot of our generation, I think church is becoming more about peace because that's what the world needs. I think church is becoming more about peace. Like, man, come to church to find peace. Like, and God could be God could be anything you need. Do you understand that? He's that great. He can be your father if you lost your father. He can be your brother if you've lost your brother. He could be your friend if you've lost a friend. He's your provider. Come on, I love what Andrew did, right? He's he could be everything that you need him to be. But it seems like our generation needs our God to be peace. It seems like what, what what the church is now. Breathing to the world is what the world needs. Can I get an amen? What's the point of a church that's preaching something that's not affecting culture around it? So there's this sense of gospel and this sense of culture, and I think that makes a great church. You're you're, you're aware of culture and you're aware of the gospel. Amen. Amen. And I think the method will always change, but the message will stay the same. And I think a lot of times they are talking about peace. We're talking about peace. Why? Because peace is something that our generation is lacking. I mean, they're dying for it. I mean, they're coming to church. They're, just, they're going to, to, to different areas. They're going to the world. They're trying everything that the world has to offer. And they're actually left without more peace. They're actually a bit worse. And then they come to church. If they even make it, because here's the thing, when you don't have peace, you try to make peace before you get peace. If you don't have peace, you try to get it within yourself. You try to do stuff. You try to, I got to get right before I get to church. I got to do this. And I got to, oh, before I go there, I got to get something settled in myself. And can I tell you, you will never experience peace if you don't experience surrender. If you're seeking after peace and you're still trying to live your own life, you'll never get to it. Because that's the thing. God created you, didn't he? So if you live how he designed you to live, that's when you feel the most human. Do you understand that tonight? When you live how God commands you to live, that's when you become who he's called you to become. Those commandments, yeah, that's not this list of things to keep you from, from, from not, like, doing fun stuff. It's actually to let you know you look like a son and daughter of a king. God's idea of, here's sin. We talk about sin all the time. Sin, sin, sin. Sin is God's idea of something that's unhealthy for you or other people around you. And God's like, man, you're trying to get my peace, but you're not surrendering. You're trying to get peace your way. You guys here tonight? Yeah. Listen, my next idea, there's peace for all who surrender completely to God. Completely. Pastor, I know something's not going right. Well, you're not giving something up. Pastor, I know I've been in church so, so many weeks and, and, you know, I'm just, I'm sitting around and I'm not, I'm not experiencing it yet. I don't want to feel it yet. Man, you got to lean into God because you made it here, but what, get you, what got you here won't get you there. Okay, you, you drove here. Okay, now, now you gotta start opening your Bible. Okay, you're starting to read the Bible. Okay, now now it's time time to start worshiping God with everything you've got. And now it's time time to start sacrificing in areas you know you need to stop. It's time to start giving things up. It's time to start surrendering. And as you surrender, and as you give, and as you lay down, you get to this place. Can I encourage you? You get to this place where you feel like, God, you are in control of everything. Nothing can take my joy. Nothing can take my peace, God, because all only you give it, if only you give it, only you can take it away. You get to this place in life where you're just giving of everything, and you're giving of yourself, and you're letting things go, and you're saying yes, and you're giving the best of yourself, and you're being obedient to God, and you're saying no to the enemy, and no, and you're pushing, and you're making room for God to give you peace. There's peace for all who completely surrender. Let me encourage you. Listen, God owns it all. He owns everything. The car you got, He gave you that whip. It's a nice little whip. It's so my boy today, he's got a Jeep. I was like, boy, you blessed. Sitting on some 22s, boy. <laughs> hydraulics? No, no, I'm playing with no the hydraulics. It's a Jeep. God owns that Jeep. You with me tonight. And I'm crazy. I was like, yo, bro, can you use your Jeep? Can we take the gear to church in your car? It's a perfect size Jeep. He's like, sure. I was like, amen. That was like a trick question, right? When the pastor actually to serve, you're like, hmm. <laughs> so it was a test. No, it wasn't a test. He says, sure. We brought all the gear. He's awesome that deep isn't his though like your house that's a nice crib it's, it's nice your parents worked hard for it it's not their house why because it's not their money your money that you think that's your money everything you got god gave it to you everything you got give me what your your, your pretty space god formed you in your mother's womb do you know that God owns when you get that through your head you can rest easy a little bit cause God owns it all and I may have lost this in this season but I know it's God just doing what only he can do to prepare me for something else he owns it all stop like we were in Puerto Rico my, my fiance she lost her whole luggage I wasn't even planning on preaching about that but it just came out like word vomit Oh, man, what a bummer. Most of her bags had tags on it. Like, most of the stuff in the back had tags. And she was just the coolest about it. She was like, all right, we got to go shopping. <laughs> like, I was like, all right. <laughs> Somebody pray for me. No, I'm playing, I'm playing. We here, boy. We here, dog. We here, dog. Come on, dog. So we go shopping, and, and, and man, I was just, man, it's cool. Don't let that kill your vibe. Don't let that fog your, your vision. Like, just God punishing me. No, we, you know, the bad got taken. It's gone. Like, that, don't let it ruin the trip, though. It's like, it's an amazing trip. You, he owns it. When you got that perspective, it's this long view on life. It's so long. It's so past the moment. Like, man this happened to me now God's gonna make it he's gonna do it only he can do cause he owns it all and if I'm right before the sight of God if I'm surrendering with all I have there's this area you force yourself into that forces you to say God you own it all here's the next thing God knows it all he owns it all he knows it all he knows everything he knows the prayers the, every, the prayers once they leave your lips it's like it's coming right to his ear Oh man, God hears God hears the the preacher's prayers in the mind. No, He doesn't. It's it's the same. He hears your prayer like you're the only one praying. Yeah. Once it comes out your your mouth, watch this. Even if you don't even say it, He hears it in your heart, in your mind. Jesus in the New Testament, He's looking at the Pharisees. He's like, Oh, and by the way, and they're like, I didn't say anything. He's like, Oh, I heard your thoughts. Yeah. He knows every. He knows what you're saying, what you're gonna say. He knows what happened to you yesterday. He knows what happened to you a year ago. And that's why people expect preachers to be everything for them. I'm like, God didn't call me to be superhero. Jesus is the superhero. Because <laughs> God knows it all. Like, you know, like, I don't know your life. I don't even know everything you've been through, everything you feel. I've sat in meetings, people have lied to me in my face. I'll, just, I'll take what you say. But God knows it all. Like you can play a front to people, but God knows everything. Right. He knows it all. He knows how you feel. He knows what's gonna happen in six months. He knows what 2025 looks like for you. He owns it all. He owns it all. Can we get that through our minds tonight? He owns it all. He knows it all. Let's go a step further. God is in everything. Oh, this should give you some peace. Because now you know, okay, God, you're not mean to everybody, but you're in this thing with everybody. You're not like this kid who's mad and he's like crushing Japan and like tsunami. That's not you. You're actually the God that comes down to us. Like you love us and, and you come and you, and you cry with us and you step into our lives and you live with us and, and you're in Everything. You're in everything to the point where Paul in the New Testament says, hey, just, when people do you wrong, just suffer, man. Just, just suffer for the cause of God because he's with you and he's in it and he's going to redeem you. Don't punch back, don't swing, don't, don't do that. God, he'll fight your battles because, because he's in everything. He's in everything. Jeez. You guys here tonight? Matthew chapter 11. This is the verse that sums up all tonight write it down. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. This is Jesus talking. And your Bible has probably, probably got like red, le- big red letters or like it's bold. That's just the, it's the voice of Jesus, right? He's, it's his words. Come on, the Bible's alive, y'all. Anybody love the Bible in here? Anybody bring a Bible here? You need to bring it. Can you wave it in the air? I want to see the Bibles. I want to see the Bibles. There you go. Wave it in the air. Hello. How you doing? Does your Bible glow? Anybody got an iPhone Bible? It's all good. iPad Bible. We all here. We don't got a Bible. We got a big Bible right here. Come to me. Oh, let's stop. Park. (laughs) Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. Here's the thing about when you need something. I think God allows you. I'm sorry. I know God allows you to have a need because he wants you to be creation and he wants to be God. If you didn't lack anything, if you didn't need anything, do you need God anymore? If everything in your life was perfect, I mean, just just blameless, like just never a hiccup in anything in your life. Do you even need God? So God allows things. He allows certain stuff to happen in your story to get your attention. To get you back to him. To get your eyes back on the prize. So God says, come to me. This whole peace thing, it's available to you, but you first got to come to me. This life I have for you, man, I'm telling you, there is a life that God has for you. It's beautiful. It's amazing. There's a purpose. There's a future. I mean, eyes haven't seen it. Ears haven't heard it. But man, would the prodigal son's story be as good as it was if he never came to his senses? The prodigal son, he asked for his dad's inheritance and left. And in the city, he said, oh man... I think I should go back home he goes back home the Bible says he came to his senses he came to his senses is that story any powerful if he never goes back to the kingdom Jesus says come to me come to me all who are tired from carrying heavy loads man heavy loads religion is a heavy load I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I gotta do this, and then God will love me. No, He loves you. Now do good. I gotta do this. I gotta do this, and if I do this, and if I look this way, and if I if if, if YA is in my bio, and if I tweet this, and if I do this, then, then I'm good. I'm holy. I'm making it to heaven. He loves me more now. No, He already loves you like you're the only person in the world. Let that motivate you to put YA on your bio. That it motivates you to be better because he loves you. And when you do better, he doesn't love you more. He already loves you. So when you work with that religion in your head and in your heart, man, that's heavy. And Jesus says, come who are tired from carrying heavy loads. That's the context. The people in the time, they're carrying heavy loads, religious loads. Come, and, and what am I going to do? I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest. I'm gonna give you rest. I'm gonna give you peace. You gotta come to me. You're tired and it's heavy and I know that because I know everything I'm waiting on you to come to me. And I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I will give, someone in here searching for rest, man, surrender it to Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. You want blessing, man, you gotta sacrifice. You got to lay something down. Listen, when you lay your life down, you lay down whatever you're carrying. When you lay down your life, when you make that decision to say, okay, I'm done. You're actually putting something down when you say that, you understand that. So whatever's on your hand, maybe it's shame. Maybe it's guilt. And because you're holding on to it, you're holding on to your life, you're holding on to your rights, you're holding on to bitterness, you can't lay it, you got to lay yourself down. And when you lay yourself down, you also lay down what you're carrying. You lay down what you're dealing with. You lay down what's going on in your heart. And that's how you get to the rest. I love that verse. And then it says in 29, this is crazy. Come to me, all who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. And then in 29, says, place my yoke over your shoulders and learn from me. This is Jesus talking. And when Jesus says, yo, learn from me, he means learn from me. Because it's going to help you. Because you're called to be a Christian, Christ-like in everything that you do. So some of you need teachers and preachers and pastors, but all of you need to learn from me. Ooh, I could preach that thousand times. Take my yoke. Keep it the picture up. This is what a yoke looks like. A yoke? It's an animal and another animal and that wooden piece that latches their necks together. Told you I had a picture. Is a yoke. Yoke. That's fun to say. So you're caught in this yoke with Jesus. And he says, go back to the verse, go back to the verse. Verse 29, place my yoke. So Jesus is already in this yoke position, right? The lamb that was slain. He's already in this yoke position. And you got a person, God gave me some peace. He's like, yo, get in my yoke, put it up, and learn from me. Because I am gentle and humble. So you won't rest. I'll give you rest. Come now, mama. Come down, Papa. Humble yourself. Get gentle. Fight your battles with your worship and your prayer. Release pride. Get humble again. Come next to me. Get on this yoke. Latch yourself on, baby. It's going to be a crazy ride. But I'm with you the entire time. Learn from me on how I handle evil being done to me. Learn from me to what I do every single weekend. Learn from me. Take on my yoke because I'm gentle and humble, then you will find rest for yourselves. Why? Verse 30, I'm gentle and humble, then you'll find rest for yourself because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he's painting a picture. Come lay down your heavy loads, come lay down these burdens, come lay it down. Why? Because my yoke, is easy. My yoke is light. Life for you should feel light. And if you feel pressure, God is trying to show you that he wants to take control of your life. So you get to this place where you, you go through some things. God says, humble yourself, gentle yourself, just get low. Step into this position where you give God room and he will bring you peace. He will bring you peace. Here's my question tonight. I got a question. Are you desperate for rest? Because He wants to give it to you, but have you gotten comfortable with having insomnia? Have you gotten comfortable That's That's with staying awake? Wow. Have you gotten comfortable with being busy and, and busy and breaking down, and busy and breaking down, and busy and breaking down? Because Jesus has a door. At all these doors you're choosing, Jesus has this door called rest where you don't have to date the world to find the one. Where you don't have to go from breakthrough to breakdown to breakdown to breakdown to, breakdown, to rock bottom. I got quite, Are you desperate for rest? Are you desperate for peace? Because you know what? God will, God will leave you fighting those demons on your own. He says, Come to me and I'll fight those demons for you. But he'll leave because he's a gentleman. Go ahead. You're covered. You're saved. But you're still not set free. So go ahead and handle that by yourself. But come to me, all who are desperate for rest, who are yearning for peace, who are at the end of themselves. So, you know, you might be here tonight, and and, and some of you guys might not even come to Jesus. You might not even surrender yourself. But in three years, when you're at rock bottom, you're going to be like, man, there was this place that I found hope. That they gave me hope when I was kind of all right, and now I'm terrible you know what we're still gonna love you we're still gonna welcome you but man he who has ears let him hear the problem with some of these sermons is now you gotta do something you know what I'm saying like you can just preach and like make you feel good put a movie on like what's up y'all have a good night but when you hear something like yo lay your life down because God wants to heal what you're hiding from everybody that you're worshiping with it calls you to do something but are you desperate for peace somebody say peace I got like three minutes for this. The enemy is after your peace. Can I prove it to you? Can I prove it to you? Job, job. Job. Here we go. Sometimes you just read it, you know, you just go job. Sometimes you just go pass on, you know, Pass on, on. Psalms. You got, Job! Can I prove it to you? The enemy is after your peace! He's after your peace! Job, one, one, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. So God is like all the way up and there's his angels and there's one angel named Lucifer. He's the worst one. He's like, now the devil. He's Satan anyways. So God's up there and all the angels are hanging out and you know, Satan's chilling with them like, yeah, yeah. He's the only one. <laughs> Satan also came with them. Verse 7, the Lord said to Satan, right? L-O-R-D, capital L-O-R-D. Theologians, they say when you see L-O-R-D, that's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three in one speaking at once. Whenever you see that in your Bible, L-O-R-D, all cap, that's all three. Because sometimes you see, you see capital L and then lower, O-R-D. That's God the Father, the Godhead. And you see Jesus, the Son, and the Spirit. But when you see L-O-R-D, that's like all of them, right? So the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? It's a funny question because he wants his answer. He wants his answer. He knows the answer, but he wants the answer. God sometimes asks you questions. You guys remember that message? Because he wants the answer to come out of your mouth. Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. So God is bragging about his homeboy Job. To the devil. This is my dog. (laughs) A man who fears God and shuns evil. Does, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands. You, I mean, you, you hooked him up. That's why he loves you. So that his flocks and his herds are spread throughout the land. That's currency back in the day. He was balling. That's why he loves you. But verse 11, but now stretch out your hand." And Strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face This is the mind of the universe outside of Jesus. Can I take my time on this? Look at the verse look at look at the enemy Verse 11 He's telling God to do something He's telling him but now, stretch out your hands so, so so, 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 man, you guys, this me with this is crazy. The Holy Spirit's doing something right now. So, so God's talking to the enemy, and the enemy says, Oh, you're bragging about this dude named Joe. But here's the thing. He's balling. He's got money. He's comfortable. He's healthy. You've blessed him. He's fruitful. That's why he loves you. That's why he serves you. And then he says in verse 11, stretch your hand out and strike everything he has. And he will surely curse you to your face. Keep it there. Someone take a picture of this verse. Because this is everyone on Instagram right now. You think that's how God works? Yeah this isn't how God works this is what the enemy is telling God to do and this is what the enemy is telling people in the world that God is stretching his hand out and he's cursing them and he's hurting them and how can a good God be so evil that's a lie all evil is coming to the earth through the enemy and God is allowing it to happen verse 12 the Lord said to Satan very well then everything he has is what? In your power, you wanted me to hurt my children. Because you say, if I hurt him, he won't love me no more. Number one, I don't work like that, so you touch him. I don't work like that, so you go ahead and do something to his promotion that he's been waiting for. Let it slip up. Let, the old, let it happen. I'm going to let it happen. Very well then. This is crazy. Everything he has is in your power. But on the man himself, like like everything around him, go crazy. But on the man himself, don't lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. T.D. Jakes, the best preacher ever. He says this. The devil will take your car, but he is not after your car. The devil don't drive. (laughs) He's after your peace. (laughs) It's for somebody in the back. (laughs) The devil, he's not after that girl that just cheated on you. He don't date. He's after your peace, bro. Oh, man, no, no, no. That death in your family, no. It's not what you think it is. The enemy wants to cloud your thoughts and cloud your mind and say, how can a good God do what he's doing in your life? And God is saying, come to me. All who are weary with the devil's schemes, all those who are tired of being tired, all those who are giving up on themselves, you're giving up on this world, you say, man, this world leads to nothing but sin and death. Can I encourage you? Listen, if God allowed it to happen to you, Man, he knows you can handle it. I love how God looks at Job and says, do everything, just don't touch him, because I know if you touch him, that'll be the limit. That'll be it. If you read this, if you read Job, you see his children die. He he loses his family. He loses everything. But he stays faithful, and God doubles everything in his life. Everything he had, he triples it. He just goes in. That's what God does, right? What he knows is he, he knew his limit. But, but, but if you touch him, he, 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 that, that, that's it. If God allowed it to happen to you, he knows you can handle it. This is my next idea. Let it hit you in the face. God is intentionally horrible at giving up on you. He's terrible at it. And he does that on purpose. He'll never give up on you. Matthew 11. Worship team, let's go. 28 and 30. Come to me, all who are tired from carrying these heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Place my yoke over your shoulders and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble. I asking you to bow your heads and close your eyes right where you're at. Nobody moving, nobody going to the restroom. Actually, up until we dismiss, nobody get out. I want to just hang in here for a little bit. Have you had Bobby, I closed? Let's just have a little bit of respect, a little bit of reverence, a little bit of honor for what's going on for the moment. Just submit to the environment for just a second. Man, God's in the room. God's in this place and he's calling on your name. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you what you're looking for. Come on, every head, Bobby, I closed? This is your moment. No one's looking. This is you. Nobody looking around, it's just you and God right here right now. This is what this moment has led to. So God's, so God's calling you by name, right? He's like He's calling you out and He's calling you out. But now it's time to take that step. I don't know what the step for you looks like. If you believe in Jesus, maybe it's, it's to, to make another step of sacrifice. Maybe to surrender something new to God. Maybe it's your schedule, your time, your money, whatever. Surrendering something that, that you need to sacrifice. For, for, for if you don't believe in Jesus, surrender sounds like laying your life down and saying, God, I surrender to you right here, right now. And I'm committing to this thing. I feel the God in this room. So, man, whatever surrender looks like to you, I want to do a prayer for anyone who wants Jesus tonight. We love you so much. Thank you for coming tonight. If you want Jesus and you're ready to take this next step in your faith journey, it's funny because this next step has nothing to do with a step and everything to do with a heart decision. We call it a step, but there's no movement. It's just your heart making a change. It's your mind and your heart and your soul coming together to say, God, we give you all of us and we lay down our lives because you laid down your life for us. So on the count of three, if you want Jesus in this place, if you want to make that prayer, many of us already made this decision. This is your moment. This is your